Tuesday morning to you, Oregon. I'm Finn J.D. John, FJ at OffbeatOregon.com, and this is the Daily Offbeat Oregon Podcast. Since it is Tuesday, this is an archive show, first published as a newspaper column and podcast episode several years ago. Thanks for downloading, and I sure hope you enjoy it. This story was first published on June 29th of 2010, under the headline, Lewis and Clark Expedition Left a Trail of Heavy Metal Laxatives. Here we go. As Lewis and Clark's Corps of Discovery worked its way across North America to Oregon's Fort Clatsop, it left behind something that would prove invaluable to future historians. Laxatives. Now this sounds trivial today, but at the time laxatives, or rather purgatives in general, were rather a big deal. The Corps left on its journey long before anyone knew what a microbe was, and physicians knew almost nothing about how the human body worked. What they had was a basic theory which had come down to them starting around 150 A.D., courtesy of a Roman physician named Galen. The idea was that illness was caused by an imbalance in the body's humors, or fluids, blood, phlegm, yellow bile, and black bile. Too much blood caused problems like fevers. The answer was to let a pint or two of blood out of the patient. And too much bile caused problems like constipation. The answer was to give the patient a powerful laxative or emetic to cause frenetic purging from one end or the other, or perhaps both. By the time of the American Revolution, a substance called calomel was the purgative of choice. Calomel was the wonder drug of the age. In large doses, it functioned as a savage purgative, causing lengthy and productive sessions in the outhouse, guaranteeing the restoration of one's bile balance. And in small doses, it was effective against the most dreaded social disease of the age, syphilis. But take too much of it and your teeth would fall out and you might die of mercury poisoning. Calomel's modern scientific name is mercury chloride. When the Corps of Discovery left the East Coast, Lewis and Clark brought with them several pounds of mercury chloride in the form of dozens and dozens of beefy white tablets labeled Dr. Rush's Bilious Pills. These pills were almost 50% calomel, and they were big pills, at least four times the size of an aspirin tablet. The pill's inventor, Dr. Benjamin Rush, was America's most prominent colonial physician, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, and a personal friend of then-President Thomas Jefferson. His star had fallen considerably after the quote-unquote heroic style of medicine he favored, featuring heavy purging and copious bloodletting, had a noticeably bad effect on his patient's survival rate during a yellow fever epidemic in Philadelphia in 1793. But he was still an important man. On the trail, the pills quickly became a critical part of the Corps of Discovery's kit. More than a few of the men did end up needing treatment for syphilis, either for pre-existing problems or for ones picked up along the way from friendly Native American ladies, but almost everyone needed a laxative. Week after week, hunting parties went out and brought back animals to eat. The explorers lived on almost nothing but meat. This, of course, kept them safe from the possibility of being poisoned by some of the strange plants that they were seeing and potentially thinking about eating, but, of course... With that safety came some side effects. This low-fiber diet had fairly predictable results. Enter Dr. Rush's bilious pills. The men called these thunderclappers. 
they were extraordinarily effective. And they've proven effective for later generations as well. Calomel, it turns out, is only slightly soluble in human digestion, which is why one could take a pill as beefy as one of these bilious pills and not die. So much of it goes out in the resulting purge. Once in the earth, it lasts virtually forever without dissolving or breaking down. So as Lewis and Clark's men made their way across the continent and across Oregon, they were unknowingly depositing a trail of heavy metals along the way. A trail that historians and scientists have been able to detect and use to document almost their every movement, so to speak. Key sources in this story have included works by Tracy Nondorf, nps.gov, and a lecture by Professor James Moore of the University of Oregon. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love. More info is at our hub page at offbeatoregon.com. Offbeat Oregon is a division of Pulp Lit Productions, a boutique publishing house about which more can be learned at pulp-lit.com. Speaking of which, if you enjoy listening to me, you might check out some of my audiobooks. You can find them most easily with a search for my name on audible.com. Most of them are old pulp stuff, H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar Rice Burroughs, etc., but at least two of them are Offbeat Oregon history-type stuff. Check them out if you're so inclined. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license. For details, see offbeatoregon.com cc. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Ficara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Questions, critiques, ideas for a future episode? Email me at fj at offbeatoregon.com. Episodes of Offbeat Organ History are uploaded around 6 a.m. every weekday, so the next one will be on your device and ready to go before you know it. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day with good stuff. Bye now. Bye now.